Final hour, really final, final 45 here of the Hoffman Show. Dave Johnson joins us in about 15 minutes live from Orlando. And then Dave and Glenn have your pregame and then ultimately tip Wizards and Magic coming up at 7 o'clock. Right now, though, it is our pleasure to welcome back to the show for the first time in a while, our guy Ben Standig. Ben, how are you, sir? Craig, I'm doing all right, man. How about yourself? Uh, doing well, man. Doing well. Uh, so your uh, your outfit, uh, the the athletic published with your guy Dane Brugler, their first mock draft today, which I think, out of like the main outlets, I feel like this is the first one I've seen. Hey, are you guys like trying to be first, or did I just miss a bunch of other ones? Um, you know, I can't I can't even keep track. As we know, mock drafts are like podcasts. Everyone seems to have one. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't even know anymore in terms of some of the bigger names who puts, who's put out what, but obviously Dane is one of the more respected guys. So uh, yeah, it's his first one. And obviously the, the college football regular season has just ended. So I guess in that respect, it's a good time to, you know, take that perspective of what he's learned and uh, put it out there to the public uh, uh, domain. Yeah, no doubt. And so he has uh, the commanders taking offensive tackle from Penn state, Olu Fashanu. And I, I think it's it's interesting, Ben, just kind of globally as we talk about this to remind the audience that everything we do in terms of Washington projection between now and at least mid-January is really, hey, we think this would be a good idea for them because the people that are going to make these picks aren't in their jobs yet. They're still working for other teams. There will be a new GM. That GM will hire some new front office people. There'll be a new head coach, yada, yada, yada down the list, but what do you think uh, without knowing like what scheme they're going to run and, and all the other things of the idea of going tackle and what does that mean for Charles Leno, the cap situation and, and kind of the bigger picture of the commanders as they embark on the next rebuild? Yeah. I mean, like to your point, we don't know who's making the decision and what that, what their approach would be. And, you know, maybe more specifically, we don't know what they think of Sam Howell. And that's obviously going to be a huge question it's amazing even a week ago right before the Giants game I don't think any of us were thinking this team would be picking fifth which is currently where their projection is but life moves fast and that's where they are and now that does bring quarterback into play but since we don't know what to make of that right I mean and there were other quarterbacks picked fairly high in the draft after the, the first two guys went one and three um, it's probably easy to say let's give Washington a tackle right now because we know the offensive line has got to be in a position that they look to uh, help out this year. So that makes it a little bit easier there. And it's, as far as what it would mean for uh, Charles Leno in particular, look, he's got a pretty big cap number. Um, obviously, there are ways to, to lower that, you know, extension or do some other things you can manipulate the cap with. But he would seem like a logical cap casualty or potential one just based on the numbers and, and kind of where this team is right now. So, Taking an offensive lineman or offensive tackle at five, uh, I haven't studied enough to know uh, whether it, this is the guy to get. But obviously, based on the lists you see in the rankings, uh, he's right up there along with Alt from Notre Dame. So makes sense in that regard. And you know, I don't think anybody would complain about them taking tackle unless there is a, this, there is a, a feeling that hey, they've got to go quarterback if given the opportunity. Right. Uh, what do you think Sam has to do to stave off that conversation over these final five games? I mean, as simplistic as this sounds, I just kind of think look the part and continue to show development. You know, as bad as the game was on Thursday against Dallas, 
I thought Hal, particularly in the first half, looked the part, looked fine. Uh, you know, he had a really nice, some really nice throws on the drive that that he uh, capped with his own touchdown run right before Dallas immediately came back, scored, and then the game, the game kind of got away in the second half. Um, they've got tough defenses coming up. Even this game against Miami, we don't view, we're not viewing the Dolphins from the defensive perspective because their offense is so scary. But their defense has been pretty good. Um, they've got they've got a couple of excellent cornerbacks led by Jalen Ramsey, but they've got a, a legit defense. If Sam Howell, forget the win and the loss. If Sam Howell can go out there, look poised as he has been this year, make plays. He's got to limit the turnovers. You know, I think he's like second in the league in interceptions. Has thrown two pick sixes in consecutive games. You know, do his best to limit the mistakes. If he can do these things over the remaining five games. No, that might be enough combined with his other positive attributes to say this is a guy we need to continue looking at, especially knowing he's got this cheap contract. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, the guys that are going to be in this draft who are going to be picked in the top 10 will all be coming out of college with a higher grade than Sam Howell did when he came out. And therefore, the question will be, does Howell project, forget the fifth round part, but does Howell project, projection compare with what he, what uh, scouts and others are seeing with these players. If the answer is no, that he falls short, right. that's where it's going to be tough almost no matter what he does, I would think. No, 100%. And I think that becomes such a scary proposition, and this is why scouts get paid what they get paid and why GMs get paid so much money, um, is because like Sam was a fifth-rounder, Purdy was the last pick in the draft, and I would argue that of the quarterbacks that came out the last two years – those are two of the top three with C.J. Stroud being above both of them. Obviously, Richardson's hurt. Young's in a terrible situation in Carolina. Like there, you can you can pick apart some certain numbers and say that Kenny Pickett actually has been better than Sam Howell. I think most people, certainly around here, would take Howell over Pickett. But like the point is, like Sam's actually, as you said, mostly looked the part. And so I am curious when a new person comes in and dives into the numbers and like goes beyond the fact that he leads the league in yards because that's a counting accumulation stat. He also leads the league, as you referenced, in interceptions uh, at this point. Like, How does it actually play out in terms of the, the deeper numbers and, and what they see from a process standpoint? What, how does the leadership stuff play into it? Ron was talking about that with the maturity today. And when you add all that up, like it's, I, I, I feel, Ben, like that's actually going to be hard to beat from a prospect who isn't very clearly elite. Yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty, like you said, it is really going to be fascinating. I um, to, to just to sort of broaden out the topic, like as you know, you and I are looking for content uh, all the time, and we will be looking for a lot of it in the off season. And we knew we were going to have a lot already because of the expected coaching change in the front office and all that stuff. The quarterback thing seemed to not not resolved itself, but it felt like okay, if Washington's picking in the you know somewhere after the tenth pick, that Sam Howell would make logical sense to stay with him. And the fact that now this this drop in the standings has put them back in the mix for a quarterback at the highest levels. I mean, they they will be close enough if they were to stay at five to trade up for Caleb Williams at one, if that's what they wanted to do. Uh, should the Bears or whoever is holding the number one pick, should they be willing to? Um, to, to, to make a call that that is a conversation I didn't think we were having. And yeah, that, that that's why it is going to be incredibly interesting and important for these guys to figure out um, what to make of, 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 of the traits of, of these quarterbacks. Like you said, not just how they well they throw the ball, but being a leader on offense of the team, how do they handle pressure? 
uh, all, all, how do they take the coaching, all these things will go into it. At least the people, the organization has that sense of that with how, except <laughs> if, if they do clean house, then none of those people will dare right. be around. So, right. you know, now, now it goes back to a whole other component of evaluation. So yeah, it will be really fascinating to see how this plays out and, yeah, that, that to me, like, you know, these, as I wrote the other day, these final five games can be a slog unless you view it for what it is. It's sort of evaluating how and kind of the beginning of the Josh Harris era in terms of getting started to get a feel for where this thing may go. Ben Sanding from The Athletic with us. One more question for him uh, on the way out. Uh, same kind of thought line, but on defense. How do you think that the simplification of what Ron is going to be asking these defenders to do compared to the mass confusion that was this entire season under Del Rio can help the evaluations on that side of the ball? Or is it kind of just a wash and the next the next uh, people are going to come in and take whatever evaluations they had of these players previously and that's what they're going to think of them? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, good, it's a good question. And, you know... It is always kind of a weird thing when you always, when you hear coaches say we need to simplify things. I that may help short term, but I always feel that that sort of uh, doesn't sound great for the longer term view. Like, what was it so com- What were they doing calculus in the huddle? Like, what is so complicated that things were so bad that like you know, we've seen explosive plays allowed all season long? But okay, if in the short term Rivera thinks they need to simplify things, um, you know, limit the amount of plays in the playbook for the given week, will help. Sure. I mean, they got five games to go. The Miami game is an unbelievable. That was Anthony miss hitting a button, Ben. You can keep going. Oh. <laughs> Say, um, you know, Miami makes it such a daunting challenge for them right off the bat. So if, if simplifying the playbook and everything makes it easier to deal with them, I mean, great. Go ahead and do it. But in terms of the bigger picture evaluations, you're right. That, we'll see to what degree he, he does that, uh, changes things, that it alters perceptions or evaluations of any of these players. And look, I think a real big question is going to be, what do they actually have? I mean, if you just look at the defense, obviously they traded away the two defensive ends. You've got the two tackles. Then what? Like, I I don't know what to make of the rest of the unit, knowing that guys like Fuller and Curl are free agents. I'd argue they probably need two linebackers. Do they have to draft another cornerback or sign another cornerback high, considering what Forbes has been this year? They have a lot of questions, and hopefully at least they get some more clarity, whoever's making the call over these last five games. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like I like some of the talent a little bit better than you do, but I also like I don't feel strongly about any of it because the results are what they are. Uh, I said that was the last question, and then Anthony did whatever he just did. So now I have another question for you, Ben. You get to play referee, which I know is your your just lifelong dream. We have a fine system here on the show. And it's uh, there. It's kind of like uh, you know penalties in the NFL. There's five yard varieties, ten yard varieties, and fifteen yard varieties. And we just do five points, ten points, or fifteen points. Is Anthony editing a clip on the air in the middle of a guest, and it happens to be the guest who's refereeing this question's answer a five, ten, or fifteen point penalty? Wow. Great, great question. And I don't have Dean Blandino to uh, no. to reference here. Um, you know, look. Uh, you know, part of me wants to. You know, you got you got to have the kids learn their lessons. Part of me wants to give the fifteen. But look, Anthony's a young kid. He's trying hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the five and just tell him, you know, don't do it again, or you're gonna have to, uh, you know, talk to me about it. What kind of youth league referee garbage is this? 
<laughs> We're a professional radio show, Ben. I appreciate you, Ben. You're not here to try hard. We're here to perform. All right, fine. Five points. I said he's the referee. I will respect the decision. I will argue the call later. I will say thank you for your football insight, and I will question your referee. Well, you know, we can you can you can ask New York, you know, for you can you can throw the flag, <laughs> have it challenge it. I mean, that, that's fair. All right, uh, we'll we'll deal with that later. Well, maybe maybe I'll appeal to Dave Johnson next. I think that's what I'll do. Uh, ben, you thank go. you for the I'll time. Hold. Thank you for the time. I'll see you Sunday in the press box. Yeah, Matt. See ya. All right, that's Ben Stanick. Uh, Dave Johnson is next.